Hi, I'm Stuart Huff. At night, I'm a stand-up comedian, but during the day, I spend my time roaming through junk shops that hopefully smell like mildew. I'm not looking for antiques. No, I'm looking for items that spark my curiosity. And if they're the right price, then they come home with me. This podcast is accurately named Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. I think I got it. You got it. I think I got it. There's no suspense anymore. Really? None? Uh, Zero? Yeah. Is this, you're not even like, is he gonna? He's not no. even gonna play along on this angle. No, no I like done. that. He's done. I like that. There's no, there, you know, we don't cheat on this show. You know, yeah, yeah. when Peter gets bored, he announces it. I'm just saying. You know, I like it. Couch number one, Peter John Burns. Hello. There he is. Chicago, right there. Very proud, uh, if you haven't heard of my friend Peter. He's now uh, an official writer for Mad Magazine, contributor. I is am that part a... of the usual gang of idiots. Mad yes. Magazine, baby! Is that nice? That's yeah. a goal achieved, I would assume. How that many comedians? Eight-year-old me is very happy. Eight-year-old you is very happy, right. right? Right. You know, grown man you that's looking at the account is like, they should really pay a little more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But eight-year-old you, and anytime you can, I mean, I, for me anyway, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for, you know, straws here, but... If you could please your eight-year-old self or your fifteen-year-old self, I, I, I don't know. That's kind of that know counts what I mean? for a lot. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, and clearly, uh, part of Mad's move to Los Angeles, like they're getting so many writers that normally, because they can reach out now and say, sure, you, you know, in the next issue, you know, along with me, there's right. Maria Bamford and Brian Posehn, and they went to Brian Posehn clearly and went, would you like to write something for Mad Mag? He doesn't need the money. He's like, he yeah. doesn't need the money. Yeah, you know, Maria yes. Bamford doesn't need the money, but right. she's like. That would be cool to write for me because magazine. it's a dream. It's a childhood dream. Plus, it's it's just a cool magazine. It's so right. cool to hear that Mad Magazine's still around. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and that, that's that what is Peter, half of the people that say, "Oh, that's great! I didn't know they're around." I'm like, and that's why they they come to me. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I thought only Stuart Huff was finding Mad Magazines in old junk shops. I do find old Mad Magazines, and usually what I do is I go, "Oh, Mad, you know, cool, 1976." I pick it up and read them and laugh and put them back and walk on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that it's got a, it's getting a re and those are you just named. Great comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. great comics, yeah, right. both no. of them. Yes. So, no, I was in I was in my editor's office in February, and he looks at his phone, and it's Mark Hamill, and he's a Star Wars nerd. Luke Skywalker. Friend, yeah, this is my friend Dan Telford. He's like, and he's like, show me. Like, it's Mark Hamill. I'm like, yeah, answer it. Man, <laughs> press, press, press the button. Yeah, yeah. And Say hello, because you know Mark wanted to do something with Mad Magazine. He's like, and at one point he goes. Listen, it's really him. I'm like, I can hear him. You know, like, <laughs> just talk to the man. It's like two 12 year olds that are giggling and, yeah. and bouncing yeah. up and down. Yeah. How yeah. do you have Mark Hamill in your phone and the ringtone isn't some sort of Star Wars? <laughs> right. How <do> you... <laughs> right. I don't remember the theme, but yeah. I, this is one of the worst tricks I've ever heard of. I hate this guy. Are you ready? I'm at this comedy club, right? And <clears throat> this guy I'm working with, I don't like his act. I don't like him. There's something about, it. you know, and he's just, ugh, whatever. We're not mixing, okay? But I'm being nice, right? And then he goes, oh, I get the ladies. I've got the biggest, I got the best trick. I've got the, you know, it's better than any pickup line. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just not interested in that. You know what I mean? Uh, he's telling you. He's bragging. He, but I mean, he. how long have you known each other? A day and a half. And he's telling you his go-to A material on mm -hmm. how to get. 
How Maybe he get... realizes I'm not going to steal it. Right. Right. You know, because I, I plow in more fertile fields. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you did you did you feel the the slam that that was? Uh, yes. Right. I'm a grown man. I don't. Whatever. You're I, not like. I, here's how I trick them. No. I, yeah. I'm not going to trick them. What I talk to a, a, a you know a, a woman and we get along or we don't. I mean that's you know this 2018. You don't club them in the head. When, you don't stand behind a wall with a club, and when they come around, I mean, you don't need a trick. Anyway, every single story I've ever heard you tell of picking up a woman in a club has ended with you denying the sexual experience. Like, eh, well, those eh, are the funny ones. Yeah. Well, okay. Those are the those are the funny ones. That's the old man crankiness of me. Right. You know. So this is way. This is your way of going. No, no. Give, don't get me wrong. I, I got a lot of pussy. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want to sit here like pretend like who tries to trick a girl. Like we're all. It's all. We're all. Well, when to I was okay, okay. Us. When you I was I mean? younger, yeah. fine, fine. Yeah. But I'm a. That's what. I, that's reason. You're a grown ass man. I'm now. a grown man now. Right. Right. You know. I got a book. I'm gonna go back to the hotel. I mean, I can usually figure out. Are we gonna be compatible by your tattoos? You know. So I, we don't need to <laughs> to really go into. I don't need to trick you. You know. Uh, so anyway, this kid, he's like, uh, he's like, watch this, watch this, watch this. And he, and there's some girls around the club giggling and, you know, having a good time talking, you know, all this stuff. And he, and he, his phone rings. Okay. And he looks down and he goes, oh, yeah, Chappelle. Right. And so the girls stop and kind of turn around. They just saw the show. They know he's a comedian. Right. And he holds the phone up and it says Dave Chappelle. So he says it loud enough for them to hear. Yeah, he goes, and he oh. The phone. And he acts kind of like, Jeez, you know, this like, jeez, he's bugging at me again. He goes, oh, Chappelle, like that. And they, they I mean, they're standing right next to us. You right. know what I mean? And and then, and it says Dave Chappelle on there. But it's just his friend that he's named Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. And he has them all in there. Chris Rock, and he has, you know, so any, he'll just tell a friend to call when a girl's near. He's out with you, right? And he'll go, yeah, go over there and call me, you know, and. You call and it, you know, it says Louis C.K., although that now might not work as well. You know, but it says Bill Burr or whatever. And then the girls want to, oh, you, do you know Dave Chappelle? And the next thing you know, he's lied to him and it's one, you know. Anyway, uh, all right, on couch number one, we have Peter John Burns, Mad Magazine's uh, star contributor. <laughs> Did it work? Well, I don't know if they sealed the deal, but he ended up talking to him and I was like, oh, God. And I turned around and walked away. Who do you have less respect for in that moment? The girl that's impressed by a guy, oh, a stranger, holding, up, were, a, holding thought, up a Dave Chappelle thing. And you, the, or, I, yeah, I thought you meant you or him. Yeah. Right. I, the, all of humanity collapses at that moment. <laughs> yeah. All of it. You know? Like, I don't, I don't like Christmas anymore. <laughs> all right. You know? Like, it's just disgusting. And I have to go back to the hotel room and, you know, watch a show I like, get it out of my head, just, ugh, you know? And the next, the next couple shows, I'm just not in the room when he's around. I avoid him. Right, you know, um, and couch B. Right, we have uh, Tom Simmons, good friend Tom Simmons. It's good to travel be part. We've done a lot of shows together. Eminem fan. I am an Eminem fan. You are. You're a big fan. Yeah, and you're not. You're not a fan. So I was. I don't. You know. You I just don't, don't dis- like the music. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've tried because I've had friends that have, and and they'll say, "Hey, have you heard the new blah 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 album?" Or I go, "I don't know. I I just." Rap never grabbed me, you know. It just didn't. Neither did Polka. 
You know what I mean? Right. And uh, it's just not my and thing. And they both have their things. Yes. Yeah, they both have their fandoms. Well, but they both have their fans, Not right? a lot of overlap between the two, but that's... Uh, Very yeah. little, but I'd like to meet the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to meet the I'm person. I'm a Polka fan and a rap fan. Right. Probably Weird Al Yankovic. That's the only guy. Yeah. Ooh. You pulled that out. That's I do, awesome. That's a, that's a good pull. That is a good pull. That, that man definitely likes both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I've had some friends that'll say, and I'll say, I'm just not a big fan of, of rap. I'm just not. And they'll go, but you haven't heard this album. Right. And I've, I've given it a shot because I trust their judgment. I tr- and, they, and they're probably absolutely right. It's probably incredible rap music, you know. It's just not my style. It's not my genre. I don't like, it just doesn't hook me. I don't want to re-listen to a song, you right. know. I remember when I first moved to the South and people, that same sort of thing where people keep telling you, oh, you'll like mine. You'll like, sweet tea. You want some sweet tea? No, I don't like tea. Oh, you, right. you haven't tried you haven't my tried mom's my, sweet tea. Yeah, yeah. You haven't tried my sweet tea. It didn't matter how many sweet teas I tried. Right. It's terrible. And same with your grits. Keep those. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I came around on tea, but whatever. It's like, yeah. You've I, not had you my Uncle Billy's pork rinds. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you came around on sweet tea. Yes. Okay, right. we can be friends then. All right. You haven't tried you haven't that's, tried Miss Gunn's rap music. Why don't you listen to her album? That's what they do to me. Yes. They're like, Oh, but you haven't heard, you know, blah blah blah. You know, whatever it is, right? Right. The the South has contributed three things, in my opinion. All right. To humanity. Sweet tea. Yeah. All the music. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean oh. all the music, minus polka. <laughs> right? Right. Jazz. Right? Am sure. I right, Peter? Yeah, no. Jazz. New Orleans? Well, jazz? okay. I have to say, as a Chicagoan, mm, okay. it is arguable whether jazz originated in Chicago or New Orleans. Well, I would counter. I would counter by saying uh, Armstrong came from New Orleans and went to Chicago. Chicago. King Oliver came from New Orleans and went to Chicago. Right. Muddy Waters, Helen Wolf, Little Walter, these people came from the South and went to Chicago. Now, you can say, well, they were smart, but they were still Southern. Right, right. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a transplant at the best. It's a transplanted. They took the music from the South and went to Chicago and played the clubs. So we got jazz. Uh, you know, we got the blues, which spawned R&B. Sure. And, you know, doo-wop. Sure. Right. Yeah. Doo-wop. I'll, I'll stand behind. And which is rock and roll came out of. So the South contributed Sweet Tea, all the music. Right. But minus polka. And opera. Uh, and opera. True. It's almost dead, so I didn't count it. Fair. Sorry. And funeral fans. That's, <laughs> that's what we've given. Those are the three. That's, that's what we've given, right? And I put them in the order of importance for me, by the way. Right. Sweet tea. Music. Funeral fans. Sweet tea. It's dumb that you have tea and not sweet tea. And it's dumb that you drink. Thank you. It's dumb that you drink Snapple tea Thank instead you. of sweet. It's just... Once again, I agree you with Tom Simmons completely. Like, you know sweet tea exists. Right. Let's go. Right. Why are you buying a bottle of Snapple right. when you can go over here and get real sweet tea? Or like the standard iced tea in New York used to be just iced tea. You just order iced tea and you get crap. Yes. You get unsweet. It's like, yeah, right. what, what Barely stains your teeth. Well, yeah. It barely stains your That's teeth. Right. right? It's yes. like. They're savages. They How are. How do you live without it? I agree. I'm going to. I'm going to the contrary in here and say cannot stand sweet whatever tea. you're out yeah. but you like opera yeah i like opera and i like my and i'm i'm a little irritated now that even in chicago hold on dave Chappelle's calling <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I had to. It popped in my head. It popped in my head. I don't. I hate to interrupt. You know, but I had it popped yeah. in my head. No, all I'm saying is now I have to specify even in Chicago. They're like, do you want sweet or unsweet? I'm like, I want unsweet because we're here. Do you really? Yeah. That makes every me place, so happy. Every place is now like, oh, are you sure you don't want sweet tea? I'm real freaking sure. So sweet tea has it's invaded. It's merging, the baby. It's, got, it's there. So yeah. This it's is like armadillos. Yeah. This is a complaint from five years ago. This is kudzu. Yeah. Yeah, it's yes. kudzu. Yeah. By the way, kudzu, when I lived, I remember being a kid, like kudzu, this is taking over. It's taking over. It's mm. It's not taking over. It didn't right. take over. It's it's around, but it's not. The it's way they made it sound it was like the killer bees were. Well, coming. that's because right. that's because the southerners always exaggerate. You know, oh, they're taking over. Well, not really. Yeah, right. ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. We we do like that phrase. They're taking over. Right there, they're taking over. Yeah, we like that phrase. So I'm, I'm just I've listened I've listened to some some rap music. In other words, I feel like I've given it a legitimate open minded chance, and it hasn't hooked me, right? So, but this today, Tom has been all day. He's he's fascinated with this. Would you call it fight? There's a, like you know, there's like a like a there's a thing going on in the news. You when what you just said, you've been keeping track of it. Is well, it really I've, in the news? I've, I've been in the presence. I mean, I've been in the presence of you. I've oh. seen headlines and went, okay, who gives a crap? And then you know, you're in my ear going, no, no, you got. I mean, that's look. that's not. It's just I'm a I've 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 over the years become a fan of his and. Obviously, of M&M's. Of M&M's. And the, yeah. like, Which, no judgment make, there. Yeah, he makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. He just, he, the way he uses words and the way he, uh, he's just a wordsmith. You know what I mean? And then, like, he did something where he dropped, just dropped an album, and then, and, uh, and it was sort he, of re- like, he, he was, Did he release it? Or yeah, did he, he drop really, it? Yeah, whatever, however you do it. Okay. Yeah, the, the kids probably say drop, or maybe drop. they didn't, they used to say drop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he released an album online out of nowhere, and then it was... Made fun of some of today's rappers, or he did some beefs. He know? was attacking fellow he, musicians. Aaron, some Aaron, some yeah, Aaron, some beefs, or people have been talking crap about him, or just he doesn't appreciate what they do, or you know whatever. So I don't, okay. I don't. Once again, I'm not so immersed in it that I'm, I'm telling this terrible. But anyway, this guy yeah. comes back. And nobody's right. ever heard of this guy. No one's ever heard of who? Eminem? Uh, no, of the other guy. The other uh, rapper. Yeah. Machine uh, Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Right. Machine Gun sure That nickname's have. already been taken. I know. He's, so he's not even original enough to have his own nickname. Is, I don't know am why I right? That, nin- that nickname, yeah. Yeah. it's already been taken. Right. Right. This is going to be fascinating six months from now when this uh, yeah, episode so what happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what's been going on. Is it, I'm, I'm going to try to say this without being condescending, is it, is it really in the news? I mean, is it's, it in the yeah, news? That's news? how I know about it because it's in. It's like it's in not USA in Yahoo Today. News. No, it's like USA Today top stories. You know, and so they really? sort of the guy went. The guy released a thing, got a slam in Eminem, and he's like the head. You know, he's like the big big dog, right? Machine Whatever. Gun Kelly. So no, this Eminem. So Eminem. He, so he slams him, and everybody's like, "Oh no, he got him!" You know, oh, you like, did. Slim Shady sold. Slim Shady can't stand up. You know, like he had a couple good uh, lines coming okay. at him, right? And then, okay. so Eminem, that's what you heard, was today I was like, oh, he put the video out answering that. And it's Eminem funny. put the video out answering, or, or Machine Gun Kelly answered. No, he answered Machine Gun Kelly. Basically, how do you call yourself a machine gun when you got a man bun? It's like the first line. And that, boom, that's, that's a pretty good slam. Not bad. Not bad. And, not then, bad. He roasts him, and then he roasts him does for he, the four minutes. Does he have a man bun? Yes. Okay, well, it's accurate. Right. It rhymes. Yes. Right. I'm going to say, he, and I don't want to alienate listeners but my problem with rap is that i'm racist right that hurts 
That really hurts. <laughs> that, that hurt? That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts it. That hurts. <laughs> but it was funny. Right. I mean, that hurts you in, in listening. It was yeah. funny. He yeah. just lost the gig with Matt. <laughs> right. But that's what a good comic does. Right. He knows this joke is going to cause waves. <laughs> you know what I mean? His wife might listen to this. She's on the. She's right. you know she's on the fence now. Yeah. yeah you're watching like the you know the minute by minute listening on YouTube and zoom <laughs> the right. listenership yeah. just died off. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm glad I could have But this that isn't new, right? I mean, you're, you're a jazz fan. I mean, this kind of back-and-forth musicianship, right? I mean, there was... Sure. I mean, and... I read this fantastic book that I recommend. Uh, it's called Kansas City Lightning. It's about the early days of Charlie Parker. And right. my favorite parts of this book were, you know, they, they would have a band, you know? It wasn't just one saxophonist and a drummer. Like, they would have the whole orchestra, right? And they would... They'd do... Uh, battles i mean you the thing was if you if you were from kansas city and you had a band you know which charlie parker was part of a band he wasn't the leader he was part of a band and their whole mission was to go to new york city right and go to the savoy ballroom which was the big that's the big place right that's where they were stomping that's where they were stomping i mean this back in the day this is eminem and machine gun kelly i mean this is and you would go in in order to play you had to you had to cut the head of, of the house band. You had to go head to head with the house band. Right. So this is yes, yeah. So it's similar. Or it's Buddy Rich and whoever on the drum solo battles, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Louis B Bellion or whoever yeah, that. He, yeah. yeah. The other guy that they he always did him with. Yeah. Yeah. And they always trump. He always killed him. So yeah. we don't know his name. Right. Well, because he was. They were like the wa he, that guy was the Washington Generals up against the Harlem Globetrotters. You knew who was going to win. Right? right. Yeah. Exactly. And you know. But he was the closest thing they could get. Yeah, he was. Well, he was willing to put up with Buddy Rich. That's right. the real thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's been fascinating watching this back and forth all day. I think I just I don't know. It's not just I just think you'd you'd appreciate you don't you don't you're not a fan. Whatever, that's fine. It's not you're not 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 a fan, but you're just you don't care one way or the other. I don't hate it. Right. I so, don't have any artistic judgments against. I it. think as a, I I just think as a as an artist and someone who cares about like someone who cares about their craft and all that stuff that you would that you would have. You would like the story of sort of how he's done what he's done. Eminem, yeah. Over his career. I watched the and, movie. Right, and now how he's at an older age where now there's a whole new genre kind of start that started mm -hmm. and that they don't give a shit about Eminem and right. they will say so. Or they were... They're really going to take him down. Or they were really influenced and they want to be the next one. You know what I mean? So they're, they want to take him down. And, right. And he keeps studying their shit and then... Beating him with it, like being better at it than that. Like he's just, in my opinion, he's well, here, just really like, good with words. He knows what you know. He's a he's a savant about it. You know, I'll he's, tell you, like I'll tell you the story from the Kansas City Lightning book. It was fascinating, and I really, I really, really like this part of the story. Like Charlie Parker's band goes to New York. They're from Kansas City. First of all, they're in cars. Okay, they're not getting on planes and flying to New York, and they're gigging all the way to New York. And they they're poor, you know. This is not a huge. I mean, they did. They were a great band, right? right? But they're like us. They're getting in their car and they're driving forever, and they're picking up 180 bucks, and they're driving to the next gig. You know, the Savoy House Band is sharp, and they are all dressed nice. They're in tuxes. I mean, they this is their club. They don't leave it. You know, this is their home place. They right. got they got all the nice. All their equipment is all shined up. They look flashy. Whole deal, right? And here comes these ragamuffins from Kansas City, which is Hick. Right. It's Hickville. Right. To New York City, right? So they, and I mean, some of their tux pants don't even match, you know? One guy is, 
he, he's worn his tux pants so long that he has to turn them inside out because the inside out looks better than the regular way. <laughs> and they're making, literally, they're mocking them as they're walking to the bandstand, you know? The crowd, not the other band. They're, they're laughing, and then they start playing, and they're like, holy crap. I mean, they're bringing this hick swing. I mean, this is some serious dancing music, you know? Right. And they smoked them. You know, they, Charlie Parker's band just went up there and just smoked the house band. And the a radio station comes in and hears about because everybody's talking about it. Radio station comes in and does a live recording. And other bands, other saxophonists are, are listening on remote radio. And they're like, who the hell is that on sax? You know, and, th and that's how Charlie Parker kind of got going in New York City was he hit town and just smoked the Savoy Ballroom house band, you know. And people listened and said, you know what? That guy probably would like some of my heroin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it, you know, that's, that's both the beginning and the ending all wrapped <laughs> up in one. That's another fascinating part about this book is they kind of go into how he started, you know, which, you know, he's in a big car wreck, horrible car wreck. I mean, it's just a bunch of band members in a crappy car with a with a string bass uh, strapped to the top of the car and instruments everywhere right and a big ice storm and they they're going to a gig and they they have a wreck one guy died charlie broke his back and the doctor gave him morphine you know and he now he's addicted to morphine he can't find morphine but he found heroin you know but that drug side of the jazz is like okay great right and you it, know it's, okay. it's another valorized thing it's it's like people getting excited about charles bukowski because he was drunk all the time i'm like well right, you know right. if he was sober he might right. have written some better poetry what <laughs> <laughs> and that <laughs> is how you machine gun kelly eminem <laughs> that right there zing so i don't know i mean i find the whole battle idea fascinating because there's a history of this you know yes yes but i just well it's this genre i mean like look was it you know cardi, good... cardi b and little kim got into a fight you know, the other day. It's where, good marketing. Yeah, I know. But, it, uh, you know, what? I, well, I, I occasionally yeah, get annoyed yeah, that, yeah. like, I know that Cardi B, someone whose music I do not, you know, care for, I've heard a little of it because radios are still a thing. Right. And Lil' Kim got into a fight. I'm annoyed that there are brain cells that I have that have that information in them because that could be working on the cancer cure. Right. You know, like, well, that's kind of what I just told Tom when we were walking in here. He, he jokingly said to me, I don't think you care enough about the, what's going on today with this machine gun Kelly Eminem. Thing. Yeah, I was kidding, obviously. Uh, he yeah. was kidding, right? Yeah. And I said, you really? You don't think I'm devoting enough of my brain to that <laughs> situation? And that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't particularly care for rap music, so I care nothing about it. Right. The things I don't like, I'm just, why would I? I don't care if they're popular. I, I just. I don't care anything about that. Well, so. also, I, I think you get to a certain age and you realize that your time is limited. You know. Oh, mine's I, I ticking. Mine's yeah. ticking. I mean, I ran into this, geez, you know, 15 years ago. Like, mm -hmm. people were like, oh, you got to watch Lost. And I'm like, yeah, we're a couple seasons in, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, but you can rent the, the DVDs at the local store. And I went and I looked at the, you know, season one. It's like, well, there are 22 episodes of this, you know, 45 minutes. That's like 15 hours. That's mm -hmm. a lot of time. I yeah. don't have the, you know, like Not I'm, sure, I'm sure it's lovely, but no, I, I found it worth it for Game of Thrones. Uh, this thing, okay, let me let me describe it like this. We've got Peter John Burns is on couch one. Uh, Tom Simmons, couch B. Tom's is, Tom's in his spot. Tom has worn in that spot. That's his spot. He's comfortable there. I am not a rare book collector. I know nothing about them. But sometimes I see a book that I'm like, that's neat looking. I just. Me too. Yeah, right? 
Do you, this is one thing you automatically agree with this. Yes. I saw this one. This I, I don't even remember what this is, but I, I saw this book. Any book that's like got a thing and a, and a latch on it. This is a, this has gold latches. Yes. That's just neat. Yeah, you got it. We got it. You got it. You got it. Tom, I have a room. Okay, let me describe what's going on. We're in Frankfurt, Kentucky. We're this is the podcast room. We have two couches and chairs and, you know. Podcast set. We got it. We got us. We're in studio. We're in studio. And and Ross Duncliffe, the owner of this uh, CD label, has literally gone out of his way to make this a, kind of a studio. You feel comfortable in this room. We've got soundproofing on the walls. We've got, uh, you know, all stuff. Anyway, the room next to us is full of my junk. And I go, I decide what we're going to talk about. And I get some people in the hot seat and I bring it in. So Tom's just walking through there. And Tom, out of all that junk, there's a fetal skeleton. I right? never even saw that till you pulled it out. You never. The fetal skeleton was sitting right. I almost thought, why am I? Why am I displaying this? I need to hide it, right? Yeah. But no one saw it. It's a fetal skeleton. It's right there. And Tom's like, well, "What's that book?" And I. It made me happy when you did because that's when I saw this in the junk shop. I was like, "What? What is that?" The pages are in pretty good shape. Yeah. It's got latches. It's Peter, got a big old. Bond. We have uh, Peter John Burns is book expert. A no. book expert. He will deny that. But in this room, and hey, I would I would go so far as to say, he might know more about antique books than anybody in this town. It's Frankfort, Kentucky. We're not in Boston. Okay. There's probably one dealer here, one or two. Okay. Let's uh, let's have a hey. Let's have a book battle. Let's go find tomorrow. Let's go find an let's antique bookseller. Oh, you think this is 1850? Right. Well, yeah, right. I can go in and rap battle him with the. Uh, Dude, you're gonna get your. You're gonna get stomped. No, yeah. he's our boy. We're Did behind you, him. What? No. Did no, you hear that? It, that? That was his. That was that his was freestyle. It? That was just Wait, him off the. He's dome? got his nose in this book. Well, he doesn't sorry. care what we say. Right. He's gone. This is his passion. Okay. You know. This yes. is. We did an episode Dad, where we had. Do you feel excited when you open that? When you open that book, do you feel like? Oh, this is neat. Like you this get that neat. little absolutely, kid thing. it's neat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's still because I haven't handled this book before. I haven't. Are you serious? This I found a book that you haven't. Oh, there are tons and tons and tons of these. Be, be a little more generous, right? Be a little more generous. <laughs> it's another Sorry. one of those commoner things. No, that no, you no. Think but, is great. Right. Like oh, like, thanks, you little yeah. peon. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, what I mean is that like there are a lot of books and there are a lot of cool books and yeah, you know, you can't can't handle them all. But I mean, right. I've seen. Books like this. I've never seen a book, I think, quite this grand that I've held in my hand. This yeah. is this is um, all right. So this go is, ahead. Tell us uh, all about on, it. On the title, this is Fox's Book of Martyrs. This Wait, a, a time out, Peter. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let yeah. me tell you what I know about that. Book. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. It where is you got cool. It. Okay, you Where'd tell you us it? what else. <laughs> That's, um, that was it. Was that that was it? Was that funny? Yes Dude, or no? Yes. That's Do we funny. leave that in? Yes. That's all I know about it. Man. I thought, oh my gosh, that's cool, right? You should really add like jokes in this stuff to your act. Like no, that. I don't want to mess here. up the act with this crap. <laughs> no, the act is an arc, and I'm philosophically leading us to a meaning and a point. I don't want to mess it up with jokes. What are you talking about? This is what Peter. This is what the people love. Please tell right us. Here. Tom and I are ready to learn about this book. Seriously, I mean, it, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Um, it is a, it is an impressive tome. Um, <laughs> it's a tome. A big, heavy, heavy book. Serious book. Okay. Also um, weight. Yeah. I mean, this is right. This is this is, uh, you know, grand family Bible type stuff. This yeah. is. Yes, it is. 
you know, it's clearly, it, you know, Fox's Book of Martyrs. So this is a book of Catholic martyrs, probably stories, I'm going to guess, of the various uh, Catholic martyrs. How do you know it's Catholics? Because no other religion has martyrs. Weird. I learned that when I was researching God Hates Anne. My last, isn't that strange? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that before. I know. Yeah. I mean, so this occasionally is other, other religions are like, yeah, well, this guy got killed, but we don't. This guy got killed. We don't call him martyrs. Um, so this they? is a, this is a book. It's probably ooh, uh, fifteen inches by like eleven, and, and it's also four or five inches thick. This is a heavy book. It's a heavy book. You drop this on a cockroach, it's not kind of dancing afterwards. No. It's gone. It's uh, trust me. Yeah, it's that uh, is a, that's leather a bound. Way to say that. Yeah, um, leather bound with tons of. Uh, Blind stamping, uh, some of it gold leaf, uh, you know, has been put in. It has, and uh, you know, again, this is because I, I'm not an expert. I've not seen this before. For all I know, it's common, you know, among books of this. But it has metal around, like a frame. Yeah, like well, around the three edges that aren't the spine. So, you know, um, and also metal on the back. Um, and it's got two latches, not that they close, but there are two two-inch tall um, metal latches that connect to knobs, if you will, on the foredge uh, with a hinge, you know, at the back cover on the foredge so that, you know, you can close this properly. Um, do you need to oil your book cover if you have latches and stuff? Do you need to like three in one oil it over the years? I know, that's a funny question and a, and a half legitimate one, right? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, no, because they tend to be made out of metal that's not going to rust easily. But the cover's leather. Yeah. Would you? Is there anything you would do? If, let's say you're a book collector and you have a book worth a lot of money. Would you? Would you oil oh, that leather? No, 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 no. Because you'll screw up the gold. Leaf. But you would if it was a baseball glove. Right. Right. right? But this has been heavily tanned. Right. Okay, so that's yeah. not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. So should we use should we use like um, sunscreen? What? No, I mean if this. Let me put this way. If Wait, Peter. <laughs> excuse me one second. Look at the grin on Tom's face. You see that grin? Yeah, yeah. An eight year old dream just came true. <laughs> you see that? I love that look. Uh, it it has. Um, I mean the, the Tom's uh, still happy about the joke. Look at him. He's still happy. No. Look at that. No. I'm laughing at you mocking me. No, that makes me happy. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Uh, Please. The, the end papers are, are coated, that, which is, means fancy. And what it, but wait, wait, wait. Coated with what? Uh, meaning that the, the paper is... Oh, it's not just... It's not just paper. It's this not is, just crappy paper. No, this is like a, it's got a chocolate sort of covered coating. I almost said that as a joke. Like it has a chocolate coating. Are you serious? Oh, yes, I see. Yes, like, as a, like when yeah. you're like, what's it coated with? Chocolate. I almost said that. I was like, I'm not going to say that stupid joke. And then you're like, it's almost like chocolate. But you well, said I'm, the last I, one. I, so I why wouldn't you? I said. I you was said the suntan lotion of, thing, but not the chocolate thing. Yeah. That's a weird line you got there. That's That's very interesting. <laughs> Maybe your reaction to the suntan thing stopped, <laughs> cut off the chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. So your mockery stopped the, the... But you know I love you. I know. All right. Go ahead, Peter. Um, 
So we have a chocolate coating, which yeah, I've I mean, never I, heard. I, I, meant, I meant as in terms of a color. A color. Yeah. It is okay. a, it is yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a, a warm dark brown. brown. Yeah, warm yeah. brown, nice. No, uh, well you've put. got a book yeah. plate on, on the inner cover. Is that the previous owner? Is that yeah, what a is. book plate is? I don't yeah, even yeah. know what a book plate yeah, is. Yeah, because if you're all fancy, you go and say, I'm the person that owns this book, and you glue it in. It wasn't Whitman that owned that, was it? No. Richard Richard Thomas of Eversley Lodge, Ealing Common, London. You never looked that up. You have the name in there. You never like were curious enough to look it up. I, no. Huh. See, I, this book is fascinating to me, and I have read a lot. Just of it. not the first page. I just I I wanted so much to read. You know, because <laughs> martyrs. I did that whole. We were touring together. I did that whole hour long show about about people that were killed for their beliefs and, yes. and their you know all this and and so I read a lot of this. So what's the difference between a martyr and a heretic? Uh, heretic. Uh, I put it. Heretic is the person that goes against the church. Martyr is the person that is killed in service of the church, back when usually back when the church is first starting. So, what's the difference between a martyr and uh, and in, and uh, in Islam, somebody who goes out and kills for like a in a martyred way? Like, well, no, they call they call sometimes they call themselves martyrs as well. But you just said that they were the only ones. Were Catholic. Well, because it's because Catholic. I mean, like, there's an act of martyrdom, perhaps. But the Catholics are the ones that catalog them. Oh, okay. you know, yeah. there's, there's so there's many. A, there's the a Catholic list of famous said, martyrs. Damn. Yeah, yeah and they we usually, forgot Dan. We need to start writing them down. Right, and and also there's usually a story associated with it. Like, uh, you know, on a previous episode, there's a, you know, a famous martyr who's had his head cut off, and then he picks up his head and walks. Oh yeah, yeah. Saint Dennis. Saint Dennis. Yeah, I've right. heard that story before. Yeah, I told you that story. Oh, that was in an episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, by the way, so you know, this is we have part a book plate. We have a book plate that you know. So this is someone who has, who has had printed up, you know, a whole stack of book plates and has carefully glued them in so that you know. That's so if you loan your book out. So this you know, came from a rich dude's house. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, probably not incredibly wealthy, but like this is not, you know, this is a book you put out to impress people. You're not putting it out to read. Right. You know. If you did read it, well, that's nice. That's a bonus. But right. um, how and much then, of it did you read? Uh, I didn't read it all, but I—I I don't know, over half. And then, by the way, you once know. you turn the page, you have um, in you know fancy, you know fountain pen type ink, uh, J. T. Thompson. So Same guy. That's another guy who owned the book. I mean, you know, this has got a history. It's passed through. This is a right because this is the sort of book you take care of, right? It's not gonna. End doesn't up in look a land. Like it. it doesn't look well read. No, they wouldn't have been. I mean, you know, it's a sort of book where you might, as a child, you know, there are lots of stories of this sort of stuff where, like, you know, kids have these crazy ideas because they went through the fancy book and looked at the pictures, right? All right, flip, right, to, right. flip to any page and see who it is, and I want to see if Stuart knows the story of that martyr. Jeez. I don't remember all that. Yeah, but you might remember some of them. I'm just, uh, I might. You know? Um, I have thousands written down when i was researching god hates Anne, right you know heretics and then there's i had a whole separate folder of martyrs you'd be amazed how many there were most of them you know i i was just like that's not it i mean i don't mean oh and screw me this uh, so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get my uh confidence statement shoved right up my keister right now well this is one of my favorite moments of the podcast so yeah i bet um (laughs) this is uh, Protestant martyrs. Oh, oh I lo- that couldn't have worked out better for yeah. me. 
This is my favorite episode. <laughs> Tom's man bun is wiggling right now. I'm, I'm happier than when Machine I wrote that. Machine Gun Simmons. I wrote that joke about the, I can't even remember what the joke was. Suntan lotion. Suntan. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> now, I might start way, calling you Suntan Simmons. <laughs> now, interestingly enough. Protestant. I'm looking at the preface of this. Okay. And uh, he, you know, let, let me put it this way. Um, this book, shall we say, is taking a uh, minority view, meaning that the preface is essentially like, I, I'm just sort of, you know, scanning it here, but it's, you know, ro- you know, why should the papists, as in those who follow the Pope, mm-hmm. have a claim on martyrdom? We've got martyrs, too. So this is... This is a book that's making an argument that there okay. should be Protestant martyrs. There should be, right. Yeah. So, so is that how you would have explained the difference between a, a, a martyr and a heretic also? Would you have explained I, th- I think way? so. I probably, to be honest with you, I would not have been able to say it as eloquently as Peter did. That's but a, I a, see a heretic is someone that stands up and, you know, there is no God, you know, and a skew, right? And a skew, which is a great name, isn't it? Yeah. You know. I mean, she protested the church. She had all these things, right? She's, you know, <clears throat> the heretic is someone that might be an atheist, right? That says something against the church. Uh, a martyr is someone within the church that does something and then gets killed. But they're all church-based. Yeah. It's a bunch a heretic, of, you can't, it can't just be <clears throat> against society. It has to be against the church. Yes. I mean, you know, generally yeah. speaking, I mean, yes, you, I you, mean, you can commit an act of heresy, but we're talking about like capital H, you know, capital H heretic. Right. That is somebody that's taking, you know, I mean, sure, you can be a GOP congressman that says, I'm not sure about Trump. That's an act of heresy. But I wouldn't run around going that, you know, that's a heretic in terms of As somebody in Russia, a journalist in Russia writes a, an article against Putin. Right. That's and heretical. That, that's heretical. Right, and they end up dead. Well, that's, that's they weren't a heretic. I mean, that's not, am I right, Peter? That wouldn't really fit. That's just a murder. <clears throat> they got killed because they wrote something against yeah, yeah, Putin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, right. I mean, I wouldn't, because again, I mean, heretic. They're I mean, not a, a martyr. Heretic is someone that's, that it's, that's at odds with what's generally accepted. So that's, that doesn't, that, it's not, but, doesn't have to have a religious connotation to it, whereas a martyr well, uh, no, I mean, if we're talking about a heretic, I mean, the traditional sense of the word is somebody who is uh, against the teachings of the church, right? It's like saying, oh, witch hunt. Well, there can't, that's not religious because, you know, we're talking about, mo- well, I mean, witch hunt has a modern connotation, but if we're talking about the witch hunts, you know, that started the whole thing off, well, that's very much a religious issue. Did they, ever, did they ever mean like witch hunt? Are we like the fox one or the deer one? Or you know what I mean? Like which hunt are we on? That's no, going to be edited that's out. Added yeah. out. Come yeah. on. Which nah, I'm just are kidding. Are you, we going Tom. after for being? A, are we going after him for being a criminal or right. for uh, for fraud for I mean, tax evasion? I was or for shocked thing? when I started to research this to write God hates Anne. I was shocked at how many people have been put to death for simply saying, "I don't think this cracker is literally the body of Christ." Okay. Okay. And just name after name after name after name. So a heretic would be someone who died that said, I don't believe that. And then a martyr would be someone that died because they were like, I believe that that's the body of Christ. And they died because somebody was trying to torture that out of them. Right. So they would be a martyr. And then a heretic would be someone that died because they said, I'm that's not Jesus's. That's not Jesus. That's a cracker. 
Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And and part of the reason that normally we don't speak of Protestant martyrs, though this book is making an argument for it, is that the Christian martyrs, they all, like, you know, it's one of these origin stories where, you know, stop me if you've heard this sort of thing before, like, they like to, you know, Catholics love to talk about the times when they were persecuted by the Romans well after they were running the whole show. Okay. You know, so they could and they And they were persecuting people. Right, right, right. Right. And, right. and, and they're, in they're the exact persecu- same time, they're persecuting they're heretics. Decrying that, <laughs> oh, we're, you know, yeah. So we, we, yeah, we will exactly, celebrate. Say that again, because that's exactly what we're trying to say. Right. I mean, the, the Catholics were, you know, loving to talk about their early martyrdom and all the martyrs that, you know, at the same time that they're persecuting heretics. I mean, you know, if we're talking about the Inquisition, it's like, right. oh, no, no, poor us. Look at this. We celebrate the martyrs of the time. Yeah. And by the way, in the basement, we've got all the heretics that we're torturing. Right. You know, because, yeah. you know, it's it's how you play victim even when you are in charge of everything. Right. Just like now. Yeah. That, that was my oh, original yeah. point. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. yes. It hasn't changed. Yeah. That's another thing I like about this podcast is we so many historical things. We're like, just like now, just like now. You, when you look at something old and it seem it, it, it can seem ludicrous and then you go, wait a minute, we're still we're, we're still doing that exact same thing. We're doing that exact same thing right now. We, the words have changed. Yeah, it plays out a little differently. You know, yeah, but it's the exact same thing. Are there martyrs that are also saints? Is there? Do you get moved up from martyr to saint, or is it there's you can usually do both? usually you end up becoming a saint? Yeah, it's a big checkbox. Right, <laughs> right, because you know officially you need three miracles, I believe, to become be, right. Be considered but do a saint. they look? Do they do like they're recruiting? Like out of the martyrs, or do they have different? Yeah, because usually, usually there's a there's a story that goes along with the martyrdom. It's not just like, you know, well they cut off his head and that was that. You know, Saint Sebastian is tied to a tree and they shoot him full of arrows and he still manages to speak. Or there's the martyrs that I think he's in there. Uh, I I, I don't know. No. So um, where'd you find this book, Stuart? This book, uh, I've had this book for a very long time. I found it in Florida. Um, there was, I don't really go through all the books, you know, if I see, sometimes I'm in the mood, right. sometimes I see a whole bunch of books and I, I want to look through them or whatever, but usually not, you know, and, and to be fair, you know, this one jumped out at me cause like Peter said, it's a gorgeous book. Yeah. Right. Was right. it, was it, would you, was yeah, it I'm, on I'm a I'm shelf a- and you were. You saw it spine amongst other books, or was it out where you could see yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, there was a whole bunch of books. And it was Not, sitting up there on like a string, like this, like facing the spine out. Yeah, uh, the spine was facing me, and it's it's really pretty. The color's gorgeous, you know, and it says Book of Martyrs. That's, a, that's an interesting that's title. That's an interesting title. I'm like, what? Yeah, and, and I mean, again, to my shock, I mean, again, this is a book that's making an argument because the first martyr that they go into is Thomas Wycliffe. Oh, okay. Of the yeah, Wycliffe, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you run into this. Yeah. So we're starting Wycliffe's fourteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds. Sorry. Okay. But they have the dates of all these martyrs. Well, it's starting a millennia and a half after your usual, mm, you know, bulk. Christian martyrs. Yeah. yeah. He dismiss. He gets through all the papist martyrs like in the in a preface. <laughs> like, now we're going to really. Now we're going to get into real. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like, but the, the I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the, can you name five martyrs that we know of? I guess you could. 
Yeah, I mean, I last year or the two years ago, I I could probably name two or three hundred because okay. I was, Cause I was you, in you, it. Yeah, you were sorting through them to see which ones were the worst. Right. I mean, Anna Skew. I'm on that page right now. You you see Anna Skew? It's actually about ten pages. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Um, first uh, only woman, only woman tortured in the Tower of England. Right. There may also be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mary Dyer's in there at some point. Mary Dyer probably in there. I don't know. I, I didn't learn of Mary Dyer from that book. No, no, no. But she should be in there, right? Um, yeah. I don't know when they stop. I don't, they, they, you know, I don't know when the dates stop. Mary Dyer was, I don't remember. the. It's amazing. I memorized all those dates for God Hates Anne. And now they're and all now out of your head. Numbers yeah. do not stick in my head. Yeah. 1680, Mary Dyer. Sure. It's Massachusetts. They're crummy then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. 1680, something like that. Um, and that, that that depends, I suppose, if, you know, uh, Mr. Fox here or Dr. Fox, who's his doctor of divinity, he's got a preface and a little biography of himself, hmm. um, if he considers a, a Quaker or Protestant. I would, but I'm not a doctor of divinity in, you know, England. Right. But he also... This is but guesswork, he, but he might have wanted that to be a thick book to to go can, along with his argument. Oh, so yeah, yeah, He might have thrown some Mennonites in there. Sure. And, Tom, can you? I mean, if you rub your fingers over the pages, you can feel the bite of the type in there. That's Tell us about that, Peter. The bite of the type. Yeah. I mean, T, you know, t- Peter told me earlier, because we were looking at those engravings, and he had that cool little instrument out, and he was telling us all about the paper. And then he said to me, he knew all this information, Peter did, about the paper and how it was made and all that. Remember he was telling us all that? Yeah. And then we were walking to the coffee shop, and he goes, I'm not really into paper. I'm like, what? You just, you just talked about it for 30 minutes. What Peter's really into when it comes to antique books is type. I love typefaces. Typefaces. That's yeah. what fascinates him. So can you tell us some stuff about the typeface and that? I, I did, no, I, I, sorry, I didn't look close enough. I mean, it's, right. you know, um, I, it, it didn't jump at, out at mm-hmm. me that this is one of the... But you rub your fingers over it? And you, you, I mean, you can rub your fingers over the page and you can feel the, when I say the bite, like, it's like, a, you know, a, a fool's form of Braille or something like that. You can feel yeah. the, the impression yeah. at the type made into the paper. So they, when they were, when they printed it, the pressure of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I mean it's. It's I mean, not I, just I, I'd inked to, on like a Xerox copy, or no. where it's like there's a little bit of ink on there. They no, they, they have to this, press this. Yeah, that went through the letter press, obviously, and the uh, the illustrations are you know uh, sumptuous. I mean they're 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 That's big what, plates. Yeah. Uh, those I are not engravings. If I had to guess, um, and I'd really you know I should have had should have brought I you know. I'll, I'll, there'll be an addendum on this episode where I go, and I finally identified those prints. I okay. think there uh, there may be an aquatint or there might be a mezzotint. I'd have to look. I don't even know what those two words are. Uh, <laughs> uh, aquatint was a kind of engraving where they would, uh, instead of uh, putting grooves, they would wash it with acid, and you could get subtler tones in the plate that way. Wow. Or a mezzotint is, there's, there's a, basically it's a, um, it's called a mezzotint rocker is the tool, and it's a, a very, very slow process. But you put little cross hatches back and forth, and you can get a subtle, you know, they're very, very tiny, these cross hatches. And you can get a subtlety of tone that you can't in a regular copper engraving. 
You know, the way you do light and dark in the copper wow. engraving is you put the lines closer together or darker. Mm-hmm. But you, if you look at that, they don't have the lines. Uh, it might have been early. I mean, you know, I'm just now just, you just I'm just guessing now. Right. But, you know, it could be a lithograph, but I don't think so. A lithograph is where uh, you've got a stone and you write on it essentially with a crayon. And the ink won't stick to the places that have the crayon, and it will stick to the places that do have the crayon, or that don't have the crayon, rather. Right. So you know. So in other words, it's a, it's an ink that is repelled by the wax, of the crayon. So you can huh. draw on it, and then it's this. It's literally, because of the pressure involved. When they talk about a lithographic stone, mm-hmm. they're big. They're big and they're heavy. They're real heavy because they've got a stand up to crunch, crunch, crunch of the over press. and over and over and right. over but again. The, but you think about it, and sometimes they'll have multiple lithographic stones, so you could have multiple colors. And that's a process that existed well into the 20th century. There's plenty of, you know, chromolithography, as they call it. But this hmm. is, I really am hesitant to date it, but I... It doesn't have a date in it? No, it doesn't. Is uh, that strange? I mean, it's a little weird. Yeah? Um... But yeah, it, it just doesn't. It's got you know part of it. I don't know. They're trying to think maybe this is for the ages or something like that. I don't. You know, but that's a, that's a guess. Um, what would your guess be on the age of this? The the year the it's it's late the it's, time it's, period. Right. It, I mean, so there aren't. We talked on an earlier episode about handmade paper mm-hmm. and how there's chain lines, um, you know, and wire lines. Uh, you, you hold it up to the light. You hold it up to the light. Mm-hmm. And occasionally you get, like, fancy stationery in the store and you hold it up. Yep. Yeah, those are machine-made, okay. but they're put in there because you go, oh, this is how old paper looks. It's old meat, right? And so sometimes ah. for your fancy stationery, they'll put artificial chain lines back in. Right. You don't know what they are. Sincerely, Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you know, okay. they put them in. You don't know what they are. You just know that you've seen old books that have this sort of thing, okay. so it's old meat, right? Mm-hmm. This doesn't have that but it still could be it could still be sort of a handmade paper um it's uh you know the paper's in excellent condition now you know the preface is from 1873 if that makes any difference oh well there you go then that's good then it's no it has a date in it there's no earlier than 1873 okay um okay so machine made paper then you know okay that'll also yeah um, it's it, what's tough is there is a period where it's still handmade paper, late eighteenth, early nineteenth century, and mm-hmm. clearly this is later. Right. Um, that uh, the chain lines go away because they didn't want the chain like the chain lines were a necessary evil. So they they invent right, right. they invent screens so that the paper doesn't have the lines in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people go, oh, well, it doesn't have lines. This must be machine-made. Well, not necessarily. Now, in this case, it must be machine-made because in 1873, they're not doing handmade paper for a book. Okay. It's got this, some cool pictures in This there. is machine-made. It's got amazing. They're burning books in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. This guy's getting ready to chop off uh, Lady Jane Grey's head with an axe, and she looks like she's probably 19. I don't know how old she was when that happened to her. But I don't know. I don't know. This guy's dressed up like. It's, you know, it's. Like Engravings of martyrs. It's those pictures are just they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous, and yes. you know, I mean, of course they're dark. Of course it's violent. It's martyrs, but but they're done amazingly. And you know, you'll note that those the paper that the illustrations on 
is different because that's going through a different press and a different process. That's not part of the the printing of the the text of the book. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think you and I really mean the same thing when we say we don't care about paper. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a specialty. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That Peter knows a tremendous amount about paper. He just doesn't. It's not his thing. It's not my thing. It's not his thing. <laughs> Tom and I know nothing about paper, and it's not our thing. Right. <laughs> right. One of the reasons, by the way, when you're doing a bibliographical description of a book that you don't talk about the illustrations, like in terms of the structure of the book, is that they can move because they're, they're sewn into the book after the, you know, I mean, after all the text is printed. Oh, yeah? So sometimes you'll see, you know, a book with illustrations and they're like, well, this is normally between this page and this page. And the answer is, well, yeah, they fucked up. They, you know, they just put it in the wrong place, in the wrong spot. Huh. Um, yeah, a couple of those actually. It's funny you say that because a couple of them seemed like they were in the wrong spot. The girl with, that I was just saying got her head cut off. Her story was another page and a half earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. They, I mean, it's entirely possible that you know because they just that's crazy you print up the text of the that. book and then you yeah. just insert the illustration. And you sew it all up, um, which means that like sometimes we were like, oh, this is a different version of the book. I'm like, no, no, that's in, that's not the printing. That's just the assembly. Right. All right, so what's the thing? What's the what's the thing? What do you mean? What's the thing? This is it. Yeah, it's a neat book. That's the item. Are you disappointed? No, no, no. I just <laughs> you better not be. That's a, an amazing book. <laughs> I just saw you texting, and I wanted to mess with you a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, I was lo- trying to look up your thing. Oh, you, you when did she? And then I thought, well, we already closed the book. Who cares? So I put the phone down. Well, yeah. I mean, what's really interesting is that that's a you know again, uh, you know after uh, this is me trying to you know, repent after I've had my facts stuffed up my keister. But, like, that's a book that is supposed to look like, you know, again, it's supposed to look like a family Bible. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is that's a book making an argument for, you know, how put it, an expansion of the definition. Of what a martyr is. Yeah. Yeah. They want want the Protestants to be included. Or they they want to say, we're better. Yeah, I mean, probably both, right? Because yeah. again, you know, this is this is the latter day. This is the special pleading for. Yeah, I know they say they've got all their martyrs, but we have martyrs too, right? Now, yeah. this is like of, this is like Negro League baseball. They're like we're we're as good as major leagues, right? Yeah, yeah. only at this point, you know, in 1873, you're running the show in England. So that once again, this is when like, yeah, we're beating the crap out of the papists every chance we get. And of course, we are victims too because we were, you know, martyred. In- right. We're we're victims, even though we're really running everything. When the Negro leagues were actually correct that <laughs> yeah, they were exactly. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's not a good and, analogy. And, yeah, and, okay. and they the were Negro all- leagues were better than than the white league. I mean, right. it's just the way it was. And you know, again, this would be this would be a really interesting book to sit and read, Mister Huff, uh, because it- you know what I'd be really interested in. You know, we we're just skimming through it there, mm-hmm. but. You know, part like we were, part of the issue with Christian martyrs is that in many cases, there is a miracle involved, right? I don't know. That that oh yeah, I guess you're right. Right. That's how you get to be a saint because you walked with your own head or whatever. <laughs> right. Documentation on a lot of these is a little scant because this is that's a polite 30, that's a polite word I think. Thank you. Scant, polite word. 
because it's third non-existent. C- yeah, would third be century AD. Well, it's just the story. Right? Sure, it's a story, so they're a mark. Right. Yeah, I'm more interested in the. To be honest with you, I'm more interested in the in the the idea of martyrs, or I don't know any of these stories, or do I? You know, or just the idea of martyrs more than I am about the paper. Well, and the what's bo- interesting? The book is cool, but it's like ah, uh, mar- it makes it extra cool that it's. Martyr. Something about that that word has has like. I like that book. For did you want to finish what you were saying, Peter? What please. I was going to say is that this is going to this would be I would imagine mm-hmm. a largely miracleless book of martyrs, mm. right? Because Thomas Wycliffe is you know the all these people are whacked just after the Reformation. Yeah. Right. So you know, Lady Jane Grey. We had some witnesses at that point. Mm. She wasn't right. picking up her head. That story doesn't exist. Yeah. So this is a very, in a weird way, uh, how to put it, realistic, secular view of martyrdom, <laughs> right? They're, know, they whacked off her head. What'd she do after that? She danced around with it? No, but she just... Nope. <laughs> she she kind of just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Martin Luther is one of them. Mm. That's one of the stories. Sure. Right. I mean, that would be, you know... But, I mean, again... There's no shortage of Protestants that were killed in the early days yeah. of the Reformation. Um, I mean, you know, hell, that's pretty much a history of about eh, a century in England, mm-hmm. right? It was just back and forth, like one one group and the yeah. other yeah, just yeah, yeah. killing each other, Catholics versus everybody else. Well, you know, you'd have a Catholic on the throne, and then they'd get deposed, and then you'd have a Protestant on the throne, and then there'd be another coup, and, you know, I mean, yeah. Did they ever get together to go take on the Muslims or anything? Yeah, it's called the Crusades. That was a little earlier. Right. But, um, I mean, was that all of them? No, I mean, that no. the Crusades are a couple centuries earlier. And then they're like, well, now we've got this Reformation. Now you don't have to actually get frequent flyer miles. You can just kill each other right here. Right. <laughs> you know. And, I mean, quite literally, you had a Catholic uh, monarch, and Oliver Cromwell and his Protestants said, that's enough of that, and they cut off his head. And then... You know, they they then restored. You know, they had uh, I forget how long Cromwell was in power, but a period where you know Oliver Cromwell is running basically, you know, uh, something is you know a Puritan colony. It's only it was he was running England, and then they said, "Well, that's enough of that," and they put a king back on the throne, who agreed, you know, not to not to mess with things. It's amazing that people keep sort of killing each other back and forth because, like, I they're gods. Like, and it's not even that. Like, this is this, like right, that, and, and that Church of England, the Catholics, the Protestants. It's all the same god, and then they're still killing each other all constantly for that. It just seems. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that, it, it you know, I mean, again, this was a huge, you know, and it. Why depend- would I die for that? Like, it just doesn't even make sense. How is there any? How is there any? Well, you, sort of you're glory a believer, in, but in like. Well, I, you know, I think that he, you have to, like, the difference between that and, like, that's really, that's really Jesus, or it's, that's a cracker, is we're going to kill you? And they were like, I'm willing to die for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and you know, and. I don't know, we, I would this, argue. This swept yes. all through Europe, and depending, I mean, and different people won, and, di- you know, France stayed Catholic. England went Protestant. Right. And there was a river of blood yeah, over that, an absolute river of blood, you know. But I would argue, Tom, a little bit devil's advocate here, but not a lot, okay? I would argue this, that it's a, it's a process. 
you know, it, it, you know, people stand up and they fight and okay. Yeah. They're under the same umbrella. We're all Christians, right? I just don't believe this cracker is the literal, uh, body of Jesus Christ. And then that person that did that knew they were going to get killed for saying it out loud because John and, and, uh, Michael and Andrew were all killed for it. And they stood up and said, but killing someone because of a belief is wrong. It's just wrong. But they stood up and did it anyway. So then they got in line. It's like the thing with Gandhi where we're all going to line up and we're going to step forward and the English are going to beat the crap out of us with clubs. And, the, you know, and they had nurses and everything that were pulling people and tending to their wounds. Right. They just got the crap beat out of them. And then another line steps up and gets the crap beat out of them. Eventually, you get tired of beating the crap out of people. No one's fighting back. You know what I'm saying? So someone stands up and says, I don't believe this is the body of Christ. Dead. I don't believe this is the body of Christ. Dead. I don't believe this is the body of Christ. Dead. And eventually they stopped. Does that argument have what any mer- hold any merit? I mean, Anna Skew, who we've brought up a couple times, right? I mean, she argued that she has the right to get a divorce. I mean, this is 16... When? Peter? Anna Skew? 1640? So my, I don't... Maybe. Ish. By the way, I, and this is why you need a, occasionally a real historian on here because I'm getting. I don't want a real historian on here. I, I want. I want curiosity. Well, <laughs> cur- curiosity will have that book. Maybe 1873, um, and you know, there's there's somebody right now listening to this podcast going, Jesus. Well, Burns doesn't know a goddamn thing. This is no, that's not true. This, this you, a, you're allowed to make a mistake here or there, but that you know a lot about antique books. I, I, what I don't know yeah. is about Fox's book of Protestant martyrs. Right. Because this is, as I just looked it up, uh, originally this was published in 1563. Okay. This is a three centuries later republication of, see, you know, this is what, was, this is what happens when you get a Catholic on the show. This is a very famous book. <laughs> right. 1545 was when she was at 15, um, 1545 So I was, I was, I said 1640, 1540. I was hundred. So this, this fancy, you know, re, you know, this fancy reprinting, mm-hmm. you know, again, the, again, somewhat of a Protestant Bible. Uh, originally, Fox's book of Protestant martyrs was published early in the reign of Queen, Queen Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm. Only five years after Mary Queen of Scots got whacked, um, and this was. Clearly, a we need our book too, and like I said, he's making an argument. At yep. Just he's making it a couple of centuries earlier than I'm telling you. Making it. Well, uh, um, what is who are the modern day martyr? Like, how do we wrap this around? Well, I would today? throw. You know, I mean, I, personally, I don't see much of a difference, and this is an argument I had with myself repeatedly when I was working on God Hates Anne. Sure. You know, I see a direct line from Tinsdale. You know, right? Sure. This man is. First person to translate the Bible into English died for it, right? It was heresy. You know, the church, in my opinion, I guess people would argue this, but church didn't want anybody to be able to read the book. They wanted to tell you what was in the book. Right. That way they control power. You so know, that's, that's still power. going on today, not just with the church, but with whoever's right. in power. We, they don't so, want us to read, so we're not really, we're not really informed. Right. So, yeah, okay, but there's, there is a big difference between, you know, how to put it, uh, Noam Chomsky's theory of repression right. and beheading. Yes. There, know, there, the last time, if yes. you can point to someone who was just beheaded because they read the wrong book in the That's United a good States. Point. Yeah. You know. 
Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, th th that's the argument I would have in my head over and over when I was working on God Hates Ann, right? Sure. I mean, you know. I mean, governments are still in the interest, uh, still are very much interested, or churches are very much interested in controlling the flow of power. But yes. let's at least give some credit to the modern world that we're not cutting people's heads off. I wouldn't give credit to the modern world. See if you argue with this, Peter. Okay. I would give credit to the line of people that uh, stood up and said, uh, I know I might get in trouble or I might die for this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's right. And to, sure. I you, mean, know. Uh, you know, I, I believe Jesse Jackson said the day uh, when he, you know, he had the blood on his shirt from Martin Luther King. Now, some said that he kind of dabbed some his said hands he, and he, you know, he right. kind of. Yeah. But, you know, I believe he said, you know, I have the blood of the martyr on me mm -hmm. because, sure, you know, I mean, if we're going to talk modern day martyrs, Martin Luther King. Probably not yeah. one with the bullet, so to speak. Sorry. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. But I mean, there okay, was. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's a, here's guy one. who stood up and said, yeah. "You're probably going to kill me for this," and someone, <laughs> you bet your yes. ass, you know. And, I mean, you, know, like, and, you guys. I mean, he knew. You guys keep talking. I'm going to find this kid's name because I want to talk about it. So, what other like who like would then the Kennedys fall into that too or not? Well, it depends on how much you thought that JFK was. Speaking out, knowing what would happen, I think that's debatable. Right. right. I mean, uh, it's certainly Martin Luther King, and to a very real sense, you know, Martin a Malcolm X. Sorry, after he, of course, yes, you know, came across, came along. I mean, he knew that, you know, Elijah Muhammad and his guys probably weren't going to take this real well. Right. He knew that he was at serious risk. I don't think, for instance, when John F. Kennedy said, eh, let's not use the bubble on the limo today, he was saying, and I know that I may die for this. Right. You know, I think that was, he pissed some people off, or one person, reports vary, um, and that, but I don't think JFK thought he was. What about Ro What about the next guy? What about, Ro what's the next, what was his brother? Robert, yeah, Robert Ro Kennedy. I mean, you know, Bobby. I think. Bobby, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Bobby. Bobby. I think had a sense that it might happen, right? And JFK had a sense of it might happen. I know that, you know, someone went to go visit him at Ihannisport, and he's like, "We don't have a lot of security." He's like, "Well, if they're going to come, let them come." What but I think that's. But I don't think that was. You know, there was a certain fatalism, but I don't think that it was. Uh, deliberately provocative. I think Bobby, I mean, especially since, you know, when Robert Kennedy was assassinated, JFK had already been assassinated. The Watts riots had already happened. The night that JFK, uh, sorry, that Martin Luther King was killed, there were riots all over the country. I mean, 1968, bad year. Right. Um, what, what about moder more modern than that and more like some of the modern day, like, um, journalists and stuff that are do, do they do they get is they do they reach martyr if they're off sort of trying to reveal what's happening in the world and then they get i mean they get drone striked or they get their head like they are cutting off heads still so they right, get their I mean, head cut off or yeah. they or they get their car blown up in los angeles because they're getting too close to something or whatever right i mean i think to some extent uh again i you know we're into the weeds of the definition but i would say generally if you're going to be a martyr to a cause Needs right. to be religious. I mean, originally it was religious, and if we're talking in the modern sense, I think it would be you're opposing 
the existing power structure, right? Okay, I'll give so you So that one. if you're a reporter in the Middle East and you're captured, it's a, I mean, it's a little different. I mean, I, you know, eventually well, you, you, I, eventually you stretch the definition enough that it loses the original meaning. Yeah, yeah. I would put I would it would it's an interesting argument because I like I said, I had the same argument when I was constructing the show about right. all the martyrs, right? right? Or I didn't call them martyrs, I call them heretics, right? Uh but Right. Well, I kind of fell on journalists. I kind of fell here because right now more journalists are being killed than most people realize. It is a dangerous job to be a journalist. And you know? all their, some of them are they're just revealing truth, right? They're That's all. Trying uh, to yeah, reveal yeah truth. they're trying to reveal truth. And when they get too close, then, you know, they get whacked, essentially. And in my opinion, I hope. You know, that's what's dangerous about Trump saying, you know, it's fake news and generating this hatred towards the news is Russia. You report something bad. Lots of dead journalists in Russia, South America, lots of dead journalists. These people get killed openly on the streets. You print something bad about a drug lord. You better watch your ass. I mean, that's just the way it is. So to me. You print something bad about a drug lord, and then the drug lord or the government comes and 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 hits you, and your journalist and kills you. You know, to me, that's that counts as martyr. That's in my mind. You know, not the not the religious definition, but the larger definition. Okay, um, you're in a war zone, and you're a journalist. It's a little little bit different. You know, right. you're on the wrong side, and that's kind of. But it's not your camp, I guess. You know, like. A heretic is usually someone. I mean, they're who, they're, they're heroic journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mean, not I, nothing against them. No, no, but. no. I, I mean, I, that's what I think. I mean, like those people are heroes. Mm-hmm. I would hate to call them martyrs. In that, right? I don't think they're they're as opposed to like say a modern martyr like Martin Luther King or you know the uh, let's call them the early martyrs in the Catholic Church. Right? You are uh, willingly almost. Uh, and sometimes not almost, you're willingly sacrificing yourself for this cause. I don't, you know, as a way, in a way that's sure, you could make an argument that Martin Luther King knew that it was a very real possibility and even probably, even a probability, you know, I mean, I may not be there with you. Dude, right? his, I mean, he said that clearly. Fi- I may not be there with you. One of his was like, it was almost like, I remember reading it and it, it was... It was eerily predictive. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, it was. He, it he was had a death threats. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had death threats from crazy rednecks. He had death threats from the FBI. I mean, they were trying to. They were basically told him, "You commit suicide, or we're going to tell your wife that you've had, you know, you've been cheating on her, or whatever." The, the death was coming from different angles, and he and he, I'm, I'm he recognized. You know, that. he yeah. recognized. It. I'm assuming this that he probably struggled with that. What human alive would not? But he he made the decision to. Step in, step up in front. I mean, he could have, you know, he he could he he could have went to Canada, right? You know, and hit out, and, and then they, uh, you know, whatever. Let me let me that run. That speech is eerie. I yeah. forgot all about it. But, it's but what just... what I was going to say is like I, in a way that I think a reporter in a war zone feels a certain, you know, need to do the reporting. But I think, are you saying you know, are you planning on dying? They're like, no, I'm planning on getting my ass home. I realize that, that I'm right. I'm in a risky profession, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's not, you know, the firemen don't run into the burning building and go, well, let the fire take me because I'm going to be in the greater so good. So a martyr does. Yeah. yeah I, okay. You know, I'm And I, also, but, you know, I, if I'm going to be cynical about it, like, you're a martyr if your side eventually wins. 
you're a heretic if you lose. If you lose. <laughs> and I was putting them both into the same basket because to me, if you stand up, you know, Anna Skew, who is a theme through this, Anna Skew stood up and said, I have the right to divorce my husband, you know. Right. And they beat the crap out of her and then killed her in a horrific, violent way. Um, wow. It, she stood up, and now you do have the right to divorce your husband. In my mind, it's you know, gay marriage was passed, right? There is a line going way back of people, homosexuals, standing up and saying, we have the right, we have the right, and they got killed. To me, all those people in that line have a stake in the freedom Yes, the you know homosexuals have, have managed to gain now, and they still have they still have miles to travel, right? But they've we they've made progress, and to me, all of those people in that line. So I put Anna Skew. She stands up and says she has the right. Or what's uh, uh, Mary Dyer? That's a great one because Mary Dyer. It's illegal to be a Quaker in Boston. It's against the law. But and so the Quakers left Boston. Right. Mary sure Dyer said, no, I'm not leaving Boston. I can believe whatever I want. And they and they basically threatened her and took and brought her in. There was a trial and you have to get out. You've got to get out. And then she left with her husband and her kids. Right. And then thought, this nah. is this <laughs> is stupid. I, I have the right to believe and what I what I want and believe what I believe. I have that right. So I'm going back. So she went back to Boston. Now, that's a death sentence. Right. They told her we're going to kill you, right? And then they killed her, right? I read a I read an idiot blog online, right? Some blog when I was researching Mary Dyer, yeah. I read this blog online where some a woman was making the case that the Boston authorities did not kill Mary Dyer; she killed herself. That's what they were. This crazy woman was saying because she said she didn't have to go back to Boston; she could have stayed away. I think my argument against her argument is it's not illegal to go back to Boston you can leave Boston come and go as you want that's not illegal it's illegal to be a Quaker right so her going back to Boston is not the reason she was killed she was killed because she didn't believe what they told her to believe and that is ridiculous and she stood up for it and I don't think she wanted to die I don't I don't think but many I, people are like I'm I desire death so I'm going to do this dramatic thing no, I thought but I would you, I would say that like and I think this is maybe one of one of the things like that's a key factor of martyrdom. Right. You know that your actions are going to have consequences. Yes. Probably fatal. And that that's the, yes. that's part of the act of. of I think that's the that you you said there is danger in this decision. I'm gonna do it. Right. But I don't. I think there's something in the human mind where we say, well, I'm not. I'm not gonna be killed. Even though you've seen your buddies, can't believe that they will you, just do the wrong thing like that. You just can't. can't right. You, right. You. I think there's something in the human brain. Mary says, "Well, if I explain it to them, right, then they're going to get it." You oh, know, she did done terrible on Facebook. Oh, she would have been. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you about this one. I'm curious, yeah. and this this kid's name needs to be known more. Okay, I discovered this kid, and I'm going to butcher this name. I'm from Kentucky, so. Foreign name. You want to take a shot at this? Pakistani name. Are you any good at this? I mean, take a shot at this kid's name, okay? Did she create change? Do we know her name because after her, something changed? I think so. I mean, in my opinion, people talked about her and talked about her, you know? Mary Dyer, people know about her. You can visit the spot where 
you know, it, when you you go to Boston, because I think so it had impact. It and had impact to change. It had in, in my opinion, and I would argue. I I don't know if I could prove, but it's hard to prove impact. But I believe these. We know the. We know Mary Dyer was right. We know Anna Skew. She had the right to divorce this man. He was brutal. He was brutal to her. You know, a human being shouldn't have to put up with that just because of stupid church rule. And she stood up for it, and she died. And I think other women and men, hopefully, said, you know, that they shouldn't have killed her. I mean, I knew him, and he was an asshole. I wouldn't want to be married to that dude. And maybe, maybe uh, you know, Anna Skew being killed brutally for for saying, I have the right to read the Bible. That's another thing she said. This is an educated woman in 1540. It was rare. Her father educated her, uh, Anna Skew. This is, she could read, she could write, and she was a brilliant woman from all I've read, right? She stood up and said, I, just because I'm a woman does not mean that I'm not allowed to read a book, does not mean that I can't divorce my husband. She stood up and said this. I'm sure a lot of women were thinking this, right? Right. She and, stood and, up and said it. And to be fair, there are probably a lot of women that said, you know, well, you shouldn't. You get back in your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am. Like I am. Right. Right. But then, dude, if that was your you know, wife, I mean, like, literally, I'd be you proud would of her. I would uh, yes. look. I would. I would probably cry every single day of my life. But I'd be proud of the but woman. You would never you know? hear the end of it from someone like me. Like your wife would rather they murder her than <laughs> stay with. Oh, me. then stay with me. Like, right. Like, <laughs> what? Like, that's how awful a human you are. Right. Right. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to move somewhere they're that like, you don't work. Like, right? She's like, I want to get divorced from this guy. They're like, you can't do that. She's like, come on. I really want to get divorced. Like, well, <laughs> you nah, have no idea. What we're going like. to kill you if you keep asking. I hate this guy and I don't want to live. With <laughs> I'm going to try go, to pronounce that name. I'm going to go with the name uh, Iqbal Masi. Iqbal Masi. I could be really. Hey, uh, anybody from Pakistan, we're taking a shot at this name and we're and we apologize if we butchered it. Iqbal Masi. I mean, I-Q-B-A-L. Iqbal. I mean, Iqbal, yeah, you know, this kid should be known. There should be billboards. There should be he should be taught in school, in my opinion. I, I you know, I never heard of him and I researched it when I was doing God Hates Anne. Uh, four years old, Pakistan. His parents sold him into slavery because they were in debt. You know, so he goes into child labor, you know, manual labor, uh, you know, 15 hour a day work. He's chained up. His feet are chained and all this stuff. And he escapes. He managed to escape. Right. At 10. At 10. Are you you want to tell the story? Tom? No, no I just I'm just noticed it off the top right here. You OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm kind of, you know, I, I this was two years You're ago. Freestyling it. Yeah, this is two years ago. But he, he hit me. I mean, it was one of the ones that I, w- I had to take a minute. You know what I mean? I was re- I spent hours and hours researching these people, you know. So and I had to turn the computer off and lay down a little bit because I was like, shit. I mean, you know, but um, he, he escapes at he 10. Escaped. Yes. Tom says. And he went to the police because, you know, this is illegal. Right. Right. And they brought him back to the child slavery and told them that you better chain him up twice because he's getting away. Oh, what? <laughs> Well, you went to the authorities, and now they're bringing you back, you know? So he escaped. <laughs> Tom's reading this. No, I'm just, like, just hearing it. It's not funny, but it just, it's so comically, it's, like. So comically, comic, cartoonishly it's evil. It's comic yeah. book evil. Yeah. It's comic book evil. It's hideous behavior by human beings. And I'm sure the people of Pakistan are like, you know what? They're not all bad cops. Come on. 
Mm. Well, he best, goes guys. back to he goes to the cops and then they send him back to this child labor camp. It's ridiculous, you know. And they're making products, you know, and selling them. And there's a rich dude that owns the factory. You know how sure. it works. We all know how it works, right? So he escapes a second time, and he makes it to an organization. I don't remember the name of it, but there's an organization that helps kids that are in you know enslaved. Bonded Labor Liberation Front. It's a school for former child slaves, and he com- quickly completed a four-year education in only two years. So this is a smart dude, right? Yeah. So he came to he came to America, gave a speech. I don't remember where, where where it was, what town it was, but he gave a you know it was New York City or something. Gave a big speech, and you know I read the speech he gave that he wrote too. It's emotional and well written. You know, I mean this is not this is a smart kid. And then he went back to try, and that was his whole life. His whole life was going to be, he was going to help kids get out, get out, you know, and break up the rings. And the owner of the factory shot him. You he know? Helped, first, he helped over 3,000 Pakistani children that were in bonded labor to escape to freedom. 12 years old. Yeah, made speeches about, about child labor throughout the world. He wanted to become a lawyer, visit the United States, blah, 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 to help fight and eradicate child slavery. He received the Reebok Human Rights Award. There's a Reebok Human Rights Award? That's cool. And there's a little irony. There is some <laughs> irony, right. Yeah. At least yeah. it's not the Nike Human Rights Award. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. He probably made it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Was that too much? Was that... <laughs> not to me, but uh, there's yeah. somebody taking a knee out and then oh, listen, to their, listen to their uh, iPhone right now. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Go I ahead, Tom. Just that, tell that, us about it, because I'm going. I'm trying to remember it. He, was, he ended up being fatally shot by Ashraf Hero which is a heroin addict. That's not true. He That guy was hired by uh, the guy that owned the factory that he escaped from. He was 12 years old at the time. Um, sh- his mom said she didn't believe he was a victim of a plot by the carpet mafia. However, they disagreed, blah, 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 blah. His funeral was attended by approximately 800 mourners. Um, I believe it was by the carpet mafia, the, the factory that he, you know. I, I've read but as much as I can find. Example. This is another example of what we talked about. about exactly. Following his death, go ahead and tell him what happened. No, tell him. Go ahead, Pakistani Tom. economic elites responded, elites responded by to declining carpet sales by denying the use of bonded child labor in their factories and employed, uh, blah, blah, blah. The Pakistani press and the people, they just stopped buying the carpets. And it, uh, I, I don't know. I, had a, I thought it was going to be a better story right there at the end, but it doesn't really say. Well, I mean. They stopped buying the carpets. They, they stopped, stopped using child labor. That's right. And right. and maybe, you know, let's be honest. Let's not try to end this on a positive note. Let's be honest about it. So they stopped buying the carpets. Okay, maybe they changed to shoes now. Okay, maybe, you know, whatever. Whatever. But the, child labor was not eradicated in Pakistan after this. But Right. But it took a dent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it might seem like, oh, you know, well, you know it's a big, oh, yes, it's a big fight. Yeah, it is. You know, right. love is a big fight, you know, and it's not, you know, it, you keep putting dents in the damn thing, you know, and eventually, you know, Anna Skew has the right to get divorced. Women have the, more control of their body. The homosexuals aren't aren't killed just because of that. You know, eventually, in my opinion, yes, you eradicate child labor. It's going to happen. Human it's, beings keep standing up. They keep is it, the minute we stop standing up and saying what you're doing is wrong. Even though you're going to kill me, I'm going to say it louder. The minute we stop doing that, then then we're done. It's over. It's done, you know? So, yeah, that was my favorite part of writing that show, was learning about all these people that, quite frankly, I should have been taught about. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. Peter John Burns, Tom Simmons. Look this kid up. 
Tell another person about him. Don't let him die. Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities is an on-tour production. Matt Holt, producer. Matt Holt also wrote that sentence. If you want to support us, please rate and review us on iTunes. Anything you do is greatly appreciated. You can visit our Facebook page also at Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. We'll post items of interest there, and you can chit-chat with other obsessives. I even stop by from time to time to see if I can buy anything from anybody. I've been Stuart Huff. If you've liked my obsession as much as I do, thank you very much for listening to me.